0: Well, good morning, everyone. Let me uh, wish you all a very happy new year as this is the last service of 2020. And, uh, you know, sometimes things in your review mirror are a good thing. This has been a rough year for many, many people. It's been a rough year for me. Uh, And uh, I just want you to know that though we go through all kinds of things in life, God sees us through. And that's one of the things we can always depend on. You know, I found you can't depend on anything else. You know, we want to depend on a person, our job, our 401k. We want to plan our life out. We've got our diploma. This will get me a job. And we got all these ideas. And yet when it comes right down to it, God in his wonderful grace directs us through the events of our life. You know, I believe as we go into a new year, I think it's really important that all of us go into a new year. And in fact, in that matter, every day with really the understanding of God's divine hand in our life. It is interesting when Jesus was brought and was ready to be born, there was no room in the inn for him. We're much aware of that. But as we look today, there was no room in his hometown for him. There was no room in the temple for him. There was no room in government for him. There was no room in television for him. There was no room in in schools or homes. No room in the way we spend our money. No room in the way we pick our friends or in our thoughts. And we're going into a new year and we don't want to have the things of yesterday taint us for what God's going to do in us. In other words, you can become sadistical, you can become bitter because of things that happened in the past. You know, we always watch the Christmas story and these different things and we see uh, some of the kids cartoons and the Grinch and Eeyore and all this. Well, the whole thing is they're so ridiculous characters that we laugh at them. But something I found really weird about them, there's an element of truth to that. And that's why we laugh because that's the anomaly and that's where we go, yeah, I can see some of those traits in me sometimes. Well, if you have your Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Hebrews. Now, normally we're continuing our verse-by-verse study in the book of Genesis, but this particular time of the year, there's so many things going on. I just want to, once again, go over, I believe, these steps that will really help us, not each and every day, but as we enter a new year, in the way we should keep our relationship with Jesus Christ first and foremost. As we look at this in Hebrews chapter 12, we find the writer of Hebrews, I believe it was Paul, but we don't know for sure, writes to the Jewish believing brethren. Now, when we find this, again, it applies to both the Jew and the Gentile in this particular case. But this is one of the most freeing things that I do. And when I get depressed and when I get bummed out, this is where I go in God's word to help me not be overcome by the issues of life. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word this morning. Thank you that you love us. And Lord, thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And we ask you now that as we spend this time in the study of your word, that your Holy Spirit would come and minister to us and lift up our hearts and encourage us not only today, but in this new year that's coming upon us. And God, we thank you for all the things you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, next Sunday, what I want to do is I want to give you kind of a end times update of what's going on in the world. I don't think there's a person that can stack two dirt clods on top of each other that don't realize there's something really messed up in our world. They're talking all about the uh, the vaccine and oh, we finally got the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine! Praise the vaccine! But now, from London, England—yes, where we got the Beatles—we now get COVID Tier Four. I call it COVID Twenty. That is now more aggressive, more devastating than COVID Nineteen. They have thousands of cases. Insimits are shutting their country down. And I look at this and I go, wow, God, just what your word says in Matthew chapter 24, where the Bible says that there's perplexity among nations, plural. That means problems with no way out. And what are those problems? Well, we can see all these different issues. We can see almost the entire world's economy getting ready to collapse. With no one working, everybody shut down. That's the first thing we're very much aware of. Then we have a anti virus in a a, a a vaccine, but it doesn't work. They think on the new strain. So what is this going to be? Every six months, we've got to go down and get a new vaccine. Oh, I got COVID nineteen. I got COVID twenty. I got COVID twenty one. Hey man, we're going to be a walking pharmaceutical. Everywhere you go, you're just going to drip vaccine. Well, what's the problem? The thing is, there's problems beyond man's measure. You know, when we study in the book of Revelation... And one of the things, one of the, after the Antichrist goes out conquering and to conquer, we're going to talk about that next week. But as, as he goes out conquering and to conquer, one of the, the, the horse, the horses, the third horse, the black horse, the horse of death, it says people were killed by the beast of the earth. Now, I always thought it was lions and tigers and bears, oh my, but it's not. The word in the Greek means any living organism. Now, friends, when you think about whether it be COVID or Ebola or plague or whatever it is, we're coming into a time when you as a Christian and we as brethren need to be reliant upon, first of all, Jesus Christ, second of all, our faith in Christ, and third, our fellowship of the saints. Church is not a place where you do your multi-marketing schemes. Church is not a place where we, we for, a, for a day a week, we, we're a Christian. It's a place where we come together to help one another, to lift up hands and to, to, to strengthen each other. Because friends, I believe we're entering into a time like no other time in the history of the world. When you read the newspapers, they don't give you a lot of hope. And then when you add, again, this COVID tier four, whatever it is, and you realize that they don't have any answers. See, there's only one answer, and it's Jesus. So because of that, and I've always found this is always a good thing. I went into DMB Supply. Some of you have been there. And I walked back to the place where the ammunition is. I don't know if anybody's done this. Old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her poor daughter a dress. When she got there, the cupboard was bare, and So was her daughter, I guess. Well, the point is, is simply this. There's nothing. You see, the problem is some people prepare after the crises are already upon them. And I want to not allow in our lives, and especially in our fellowship of the saints, to allow that. How then, how shall we prepare for what's to come? You know, one of the great things about God's word is it tells us what we need to do before the problem gets here. I like that about God. Now, yes, there's a lot in God's word that tells us what to do when we're in the middle of a problem. But there's some things the Bible tells us to do to keep us before we get hit with that problem. Again, Hebrews chapter 12 is so good. Therefore, and whenever you see therefore in the Bible, find out why it's therefore. I know it's a corny cliche, but it's tying an idea together where the Bible talks about these things going on in the world beforehand. And, and um, you, you see these things going on. You have the heroes of faith in the Bible. You have, you, have, you know, Team Daniel and team, <laughs> team David. And you've got all these people around you that have been through what we've gone through and they came through it with God's help. So can you. Therefore, we also... That would be you and me. And like I say, when I read the Bible, I always like to find myself in the Bible. In other words, it's not, oh, that's a nice book on the shelf. No, when I read the Bible, it includes you and me. He says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which also easily besets or ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. One thing I've noticed about people who run races, they train themselves. They train themselves. I know my wife, she likes to run, and she runs a lot. She, she goes out and runs every day, so she runs these races. Now me, I run a race, And uh, I don't think I could make it to the end of the driveway. But that's another point. The thing is, is that you train yourself. Well, how do you train yourself? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back. Let us lay aside every weight. Now, laying aside weight will pull you down. Now, notice it says here, every weight. There are good weights and there are bad weights. Every weight that slows you down. Something doesn't necessarily, friends, have to be evil to be pulling you down. One of the things it says here is it says, every, let us lay aside every weight. Now that can be good or bad. Now the next, and the sin. By the way, sin is always bad. Sin never does us good. It always hurts us. And by the way, that's why it's sin. Sin. It isn't that God goes, well, I'm going to take 10 of the things you like to do the best and 10 of the things you hate to do the most, and I'm going to swap them and call it sin. No, that's not the way it works. God knows something more about sin than we do. We see, oh, look, it's fun. God says, like he would... To the fish in the ocean with a big juicy worm on the hook that the fish doesn't see. There's something wrong with that fun. A lot of people say, well, I'll do something and then God just punishes me for it. No, the wages of sin is death. It isn't say God's wrath falls on those that sin. Well, it does say that. But the wages of sin is death. that's why it's sin. That's why it's not good for you. You could say, well, I I like eating every single jelly bean in the giant jar I got for Christmas. That is not necessary. The the problem is the jelly beans aren't the problem. If you eat all of them, you're going to blow your pancreas out of your body. Here's the problem. What we do sometimes can be in excess. Every weight that easily besets us. Think about things that pull you back. What is it? Can it be a hobby? Is the hobby in itself evil? Not necessarily. But if you're devoting too much time to it, if it's taking you away from things that are really important, what the Bible says important, then even though it's not an evil thing, it's not a good thing for you. Now again, this is to prepare us for what's ahead. Now again, you don't have to run real fast unless you're running from a burning building. Most of the time, we can just go down the stairs and walk out the doors. But if the building's on fire, I am more motivated, aren't you? I want to get out of here. To run and be able to run quickly without being weighted down, friends, I think is so important. Lay aside every weight. Number two, and the sin which so easily ensnares us or besets us, as the old King James says. Now, ensnaring is the idea of capturing. And that is one of the great problems that sin does because we don't see the danger and the damage in sin until it's already done its work. And one thing that I find, the Bible talks about God's mercy endures forever. But just because God's mercy has endured in times, sometimes even us as Christians, doesn't mean God's condoning what we're doing. You're living in his mercy. But don't ever take God's mercy as that God doesn't care. I've seen people even in the world, they live a a, a riotous lifestyle. And they go, well, if God didn't like this, he'd do something about it. No, you're living in God's mercy. But God's mercy can run out. It will last forever if you want it to. But the problem is, as we move away from God, I find we don't want it to. And so he says... Don't let these things ensnare you. Now, why is that? Because I believe in the days to come, and I think they're here, we need to be able to move quickly with the purpose, the will, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Again, running a race requires training. And God's desire for you and me is to be trained for the days to come. The Bible talks about the days that are ahead. The Bible says men's hearts will fail them for fear. That shouldn't be you, shouldn't be me. We should be about our father's business in the dynamic that we realize the time we're in, we recognize it and say, okay, God, this is what I want to do for you. Notice verse 2. How do we get this getting rid of these sins? How do we get rid of these things that, that laying aside? How, how do I do that? Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word looking here in the Greek literally means to stare with awe and admonition. That's what it means. That's who we look at. Friends, there's so many voices today to we as Christians saying, look over here, look over here, do this, do that. And we can find ourselves drifting, even as Christians. Do you know anybody that's a Christian that once loved God and now they're drifting like they're, like the rudder got knocked off and they're just blowing on the high seas, whichever the way the wind blows? You see, they have, been, uh, they have allowed themselves to be weighted down. They have allowed sin to do it. And again, sin doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm, I'm you know, doing, I'm robbing banks or whatever. Sin just, uh, just, anything that besets and takes away the preeminence of Christ in our life. So he says, he endured the cross. Now, that's a pretty heavy trial. We remembered when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he cried out to his father and he said, father, if there's any other way man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. And Jesus went ahead and died on the cross. That tells me being a good person won't get you into heaven. If there's any other way, God, father, that man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. So being a good person, being a religious person, being a person that, that, that uh, you know, practices all kinds of different things. Father, if there's any other way. And what happened? Jesus died on the cross. What does that mean for us? That if we put our faith, hope, and trust in him, we'll be saved. He endured the cross, despising the shame. Do you know, you look at that and realize that the baby Jesus that we all celebrated a couple of days ago, his, his, his symbolic birthday... Died on a cross, stripped naked, bloody, beaten for you and me. I, th- I think about that and I go, God, I didn't deserve that. I I, I I didn't deserve what you did for me. But the Bible says, greater love hath this, than he lays his life down for a friend. You see, Jesus laid his life down for us so we would not be weak in the days to come. You're going to have to be bold. You know, the Bible says, that there is going to be such an onslaught of sin and wickedness in the world that if it were possible, even the very elect would be would be shaken and I pray today that your faith is is solid in Christ. you know a lot of times when I share i, I, I always I, I believe every message should be in evangelistic in the way that you need to be included in what God's doing. You need to be saved. You need to be part of His team. But on the other hand, today is an example. This is one of the places where we that are already Christians need to be re. Um, in, we need to be encouraged. We need to be restored and, and blessed. Because again, when we realize you've got to keep your eye on the prize, He endured the cross. Because he looked past the cross and saw what was on the other side. Friends, today it requires a couple of things. Let's review real quick. Laying aside every weight. Get the stuff out of your life that doesn't matter. That's the first thing. Number two, every sin. Sin never does me good. I don't care how much the devil says it's good for you. It is not good for you. It will hurt you. It'll destroy you. It'll taint your vision on on the way you look at others and the way they look at you. I'm telling you, sin is a killer. That's why God says, get out of it. God doesn't make the sin bad. Sin in its nature is bad. And that's why you got a daddy in heaven that says, baby, I love you. Don't get ripped off by the lie. Now again, the devil knows how to package a lie, sin to make it look good. I think that's what Hollywood is all about. I think that's what our whole society's become. And so if you believe in that, if you trust in that, that's where you're going to find yourself when the crisis has come and they're coming, friends. Being a Christian does not exempt you and me from problems. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear positive faith words. (laughs) No. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Friends, can you see it coming? I can. Have you noticed how people don't know what to do? They don't have any answers. Certainly the world doesn't. But you do. You're you're that light of the world. You're you're the salt of the earth. You're the hope that I believe the Bible talks about here. And yes, we got to see through the trial. We got to see through our own issue. And as it says here, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You have a reward in heaven. Jesus paid a price for you and me. So we could go to heaven, but he also paid that price because once again, he's restored. You will be restored in heaven. You're going to get a brand new body one day where this old one doesn't break down and have to have operations and have heart attacks and cancers and all the stuff that we all have gone through. But it's good to know. Now, he says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, speaking of Jesus, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Do you don't think the writer of Hebrews understood that things around us can discourage us and and make us want to give up and just say, well, you know, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess I just want to roll over and die. He tells us clearly here, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners lest you become weary, discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted unto bloodshed, striving against sin. You see, God's going to help us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's one of the great things about being a Christian, friends. It isn't just we get eternal life, you know, our sins forgiven, but we have a life worth living here. And so God's desire then is to refocus it. Now, I've shared many times in, in the Bible how finding God's will is so important for your life. Um, I, I, you know, I, I heard about the people that just kind of close their eyes, open the Bible and point at a verse. That's not the way we find God's will. God's much more exact than that. And I've shared with you so many times, as we read the Bible, anomalies in the Bible. Moses, backside of the wilderness, sees a burning bush. Says, hey, that thing ain't burning up. That's something you don't see every day. So he goes over to where the burning bush was. And the Lord spoke to him out of it. Now, first anomaly is the burning bush that didn't consume itself. But there's even more there. The bush talks. I haven't seen that lately. You say, why is that important? When you see something that doesn't fit the normal everyday scenario, look for God. Well, I was backing up and here's this old guy in my driveway, blocking my driveway. And, man, I got mad. At see, see, God put him there. God put him there. When something is not normal, I believe this is God saying, hey, look at this. It's a funny thing, and I've shared this many times, but me and my friends used to go down to Las Vegas, and we used to just witness on the, on the strip. There's mil- if you, back before the COVID days, a long, long time ago when the earth was cooling, But there would be millions of people on the street. And we'd just say, Lord, there's so many people out here. Who do you want us to talk to? And we would pray. And then all of a sudden, and all these people, God would cause, in my particular case, to focus on a guy sitting on a bus bench with his hands in his face. And it was like a giant neon sign going, this one... Millions of people all around, didn't matter. This is the one. You prayed, this is the one. And I remember I walked up and I sat down alongside of him. And I said, uh, you know, I don't want to intrude, but are you okay? And he looked up, pulled his hands out of his face, and he said, no, I'm not. And I expected him to say something like, I just lost all my money in that casino. That's not what he said. He said, I thought I would be happy by coming here, and I'm not. And I went, Lord, man, you've got got your Holy Spirit guidance system tuned in. But see, you see all these people, but here's one guy sitting on a bench with his face in his hands. And I think that's an anomaly. That is not normal. Look for abnormality because that is where I believe God directs us. All the way through the Bible, you will see things like that. And when we see things like that, we want to be able to respond to what Jesus does and how Jesus uses us. You're His hands, you're His feet. We are not saved to set. And I know sometimes it's an inconvenience. And that's what this is talking about. But for what was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the hardship for the ultimate reward. Yes, and I know that is sometimes very hard to do. But I know God will see you through because God's a good God. And he says, And you have forgotten the exhortations which speak to you as sons my sons do not despise the chastening of the lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the lord loves he chastens scourges and every son in every son that he receives you know i don't know if you've ever been spanked by god i have in fact a lot And you say, well, what's that like? Well, it's like this. You're in a car with your friends on a Friday night. And the cop pulls the car over. And there was a lot of stuff going on in the car that wasn't godly. And the thing is, is that you're the one the police puts in the patrol car. Let them go. They were the ones that caused the problem, and yet you're the one that got busted. And you say, "God, me, me, me. Why is it always me?" And God says, "Because I love you, and I'm not going to let that happen to you." I remember in, down in Bullhead, I had a house down there, and I was getting ready to leave, and I to come back to Idaho. And I was getting everything ready to go. And I hit the garage door to close. And the gear on the top of the garage door opener breaks off and flies across the garage. And the door goes, and I went, and I'll be honest, me, 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 why is it always me? You ever been that way? You ever do a pity party with God? I have. And God goes, would you please stop it? So I pulled the chain off and I pulled the garage door down and I dug through my junk and I found some bolts and I bolted the garage door shut. Give thanks in all things. This is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Yeah, right. I was in a hurry. All this stuff. I left. About four weeks later, I got broken into they would have cleaned out my garage like they did my neighbor's garage, but they couldn't get my garage door open. Anomalies. Anomalies, friends. What oftentimes we get angry with God over is the very thing God's saying, I'm protecting you. And even in God's correction when he spanks us, He does it so that we will mature and be more like Him. There's nothing worse than an uncorrected child. We call them spoiled. And what's really bad is you see kids and actually you'll actually find different Bible teaching that says whatever you want, you just blab it and grab it. Everything is yours. I'm a king's kid. I get erico and tinted glass. Everything is mine. And do you know what that produces? The same thing it produced in your family if you ever gave your kid everything they ever wanted. You never said no. They are spoiled, rotten brats. They haven't learned patience. They haven't learned what it's like to go without. They haven't learned a lot of things. And thank God we have a God in heaven that says no. And don't you ever for one minute think God doesn't love you because he says no to you. Or snaps the gear off your garage door opener. He's protecting you. You see, part of preparing for the future is trust in him. And if I view everything God does to me as, oh God, you don't love me. Then I'm not going to build a relationship I need for God to put into me. What he's going to need to show me to make it through the next event. Friends, I believe 2020 was a hard year. I believe 2021 is going to be much worse. But Mike, I didn't come here to hear a downer sermon. Oh, it's not a downer sermon. I believe as the world gets darker, you get brighter. And people are looking to you. I look at the radio here at CSN and what we do here at the church. And instead of people going away, more and more people, do you know what has happened with everybody shutting the churches down? They listen on to us on the radio. Instead of hearing how God wants you to have everything you ever wanted, they actually start hearing God's word taught and they start growing up. And they go, wow, I realized that I got a God in heaven that loves me enough to correct me and straighten me out. That's what the book of Proverbs is all about. The book of Proverbs was written by a king to his kingly kids to know how to behave in a contrary world. We need that. Don't feel like you have to fit into the world because you don't. You're not part of the world. You're not what they want. You're not what you, your heart, your desire is to see them change, not them to change you. Being about your father's business is so important. And so being corrected by God is so important for each one of us today. Never forget that. God's great love for you. You see, I can go forward knowing I have a daddy that's going to keep me from getting in trouble. If you're not a Christian here today, my heart genuinely breaks for you. Because you have no one that corrects you. No one that loves you enough to tell you the truth. Do you know there's a truth that's uncomfortable? And you know there's a truth that God reveals to us that unless we trust him, we won't accept? Have you ever had a, out to dinner, and you drop a big matzo ball on your shirt? Or there's something like a noodle in your beard, ladies. I know this is going to be hard for you to relate to, but it takes a friend or someone that really cares about you to say, "Your flies down," or "You got a noodle in your beard." Bye. Now, was that person being mean to you because they told you you had a noodle in your beard? Or were they telling you because they loved you and didn't want you to look silly? I have found a lot of times in my life, God goes, you got a noodle in your beard. Why, you don't love me anymore? No, not at all. God tells us because he's preparing us for what's to come. Now, notice verse 7. If you endure the chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? You know, if we haven't been spanked by God occasionally, you're not his kid. If you can go out and do evil, wickedness, and terrible things and nothing happens, let me tell you something, there's something wrong. Because we have that invisible Holy Spirit that will convict us and say, I want to bring you back to my sight again. Because this is where you're going to be the most effective and this is where you're going to lay up for sure yourself treasure in heaven rather than fighting with God and saying, no, leave me alone. But if you're without chastening, verse 8, of which we have all become partners, then you are an illegit, you're illegitimate and not sons. In other words, God's not going to correct kids that are not his. You ever notice that? You can be at a store at Christmas time a week ago. Some kid comes up and pulls on your pant leg and says, Mr. Yes? Buy me that bicycle. I don't know who you are. Yeah, but you need to buy me that bicycle. I'm not buying you a bicycle. I don't know who you are. You might run out in the street and get killed with it. No. But if your own child came up to you and said, Daddy, I'd like a bicycle, you know, you'd thought, well, he's old enough. I think he can handle it. You won't shoot your eye out. All those kinds of things. You, you'll, you'll, you'll evaluate it because you're his son, uh, you're, you're his father, and, and he's your son. There's a wonderful blessing. It's not apple pie in the sweet by and by. Yeah, I prayed a prayer that God has a life for you worth living right now, Christians. And you're needed. All hands on deck. We are facing down the barrel here, I believe, next year with a whole new strain of coronavirus that's much more aggressive than this one was. And this is what's so crazy. Let's look at this for a minute. Well, we're going to just... Quarantine everybody and we're going to shut everything down and the virus will go away. Yay! It just takes one person to have it to start the whole thing all over again. And now with new strains, with no vaccine for, now what are we going to do? You see, you are the light of the world. I don't know, but I know this. Until God calls you home, you're indestructible. I died three weeks ago. I'm still here. I don't know why, but I'm still here. I flatlined for you that are new here. I flatlined on a heart monitor. I was out putting a yard light on my garage and I go, my chest hurts. And so when I went in the house, I felt like there was a 60 pound bag of concrete on my chest. I had my wife drive me to the hospital. She drives me to the hospital. I get into the hospital and I didn't want to go in because I thought, ooh, there's cooties in there. There's COVID in there. I don't want to go in there. And it got worse and it got worse. And I said, okay, I'm going. I go in, pain of eight, sat in the chair. They wheel me back as fast as they could into the, put me on a gurney. And they said, you're having a heart attack. What? I'm too young to have a heart attack. I can't have a heart attack. That's what I had. And so while I'm there, and they're putting all the suckers on me, like I told everybody a couple of times here, because it was a pretty traumatic experience, dying in Onal. And, all. and they put all these suckers all over me. And, and, and when they're doing this, I'm hearing the boop, 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 the heart monitor. And then I hear it go, ooh, and I go, and I looked over at the heart monitor that was laying there and the numbers were all crazy, like, like 190 or 180 over 225 or something. And I rolled over, and I looked at my, I said, this ain't good. And I died. And I remember when I came back alive, this nurse was in my face. She goes, do you know where you are? And I said, I'm, I knew I wasn't in heaven. They were wearing masks. So I said, I said, I think I must have passed out. She goes, no, you died. You flatlined. And I went, gee. And I got to thinking, that's crazy. God's left us here for a reason. And whether you just, you know, have you ever looked in the review mirror and seen a car that's blown through a red light that you were just in that you should have got hit by? When you begin to realize just how much God's hand is on us, friends, you're indestructible until God calls us home. But as long as we're here, we want to be the noisiest sunbeams that we can be. Most effective for the kingdom of God. And if God has to correct us to bring us in to where he wants us to be, that is going to contribute to your eternal reward. Furthermore, we had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily respect those who, as God puts a subject to the father of spirits and live? For they need for a few days chastened us as it seems best to them. But he for our profit that he may be partakers of his holiness. No chastising, no spanking seems to be joyful at the present. But grievous, nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's the good news. We're under God's control. We cry, Father. You know what Jesus said when you pray, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven. You when you say that? You're acknowledging a loving Father, but a loving Father loves us too much to let us get away with junk. If you've been spanked this past year, don't be mad at God. Say, thank you, Lord. You'll begin to appreciate as you go in the Lord when God says no as much as when he says yes. I've seen God say no on business deals only to have a much better one come. I've seen God say no concerning certain issues of my life only to give me something better. I want to just encourage you, if you're not a Christian, I don't know what you're doing. And I can guarantee you, you don't know what you're doing. You're, where are you going for advice? Your friends? You know, oh, I talked to my friend about this. You know, he just down like a couple of six packs, you know. He had some really good advice. I wouldn't trust that. You want to go to the one who knows you. And again, no one's ever been like you here on this earth ever before. No one will ever be like you ever again. You are unique, and the circumstances in your life are so unique, you can't wear somebody else's shoes. And you've got to go to the God who made you to say, God, what do you want me to do? And God will show you because he loves you. This morning, if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you. Don't get mad at God. In these days that we're in, if there's discomfort as God rearranges our priorities, that's part of it. Reminding us to lay aside those things that do not profit us. Get rid of the sin in your life. And again, as God does these things, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he does. To focus on what's important. This morning, if you're not a Christian... And you're tired of going to your goofy friends for advice or Ouija boards or fortune tellers or call the psychic hotline. Hey, if you're so psychic, call me. That's one of the things I can't figure out. If you're so psychic, how come you're working for these people and you don't know the lucky lotto numbers? If you're psychic, you would know what the lucky lotto numbers are. You would be a multi-billionaire, but they don't know. And they say generalities like, I perceive you're a man. (laughs) Yeah. And you have some friends. Yeah. Oh, you know so much about me. I'm so amazed what people will buy into. You got a daddy that loves you. Let him bless you this morning. If you've never prayed, you're tired of living the life the way you've lived it. And if you're a Christian that you've been mumbling and grumbling against God this morning, I want you to pray this as well. And mean it and let God do what he wants to do so you can truly say father not some unknowable God beyond the cosmos daddy and I know this daddy loves a whole lot more than he ever spanks and the only reason he ever spanks is we need it I want to encourage you this morning be about your daddy's business you're the one who will be blessed if you need to pray and get right with God Maybe we find ourselves complaining far more than thanking. Why don't you pray this and see what God will do in your life. So you repeat this. This is just—it's kind of a culmination of many different verses, many different prayers in the Bible put together. And let's pray and let's see what God's going to do with you in this new year, with me in this new year, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I ask you to make me the best I can be for you. So help me. Correct me when I'm wrong. Show me what to do. And Lord, whatever challenges this new year presents... I know you'll be there with me. And so I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I'll have the power to love you more and to love people around me more. And thank you for everlasting life. Because I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And his blood covered my sins. And he got through that so I could go to heaven. And so, Lord, help me get through this world and spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen.